0: Well, welcome. Hello, my name is Aaron, if we haven't met before, and it's just a real joy to be with you here this afternoon. Uh, Before we go any further, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to that video. Um, I I help look after the creative stuff here at New Life, and uh, last week, I think it was, I got this text from one of our incredible volunteers, Cass, and she's like, hey, by the way, I just made this video that goes with our series just to show you. I was like, what the heck? That's amazing. Like, let's do something with this. Let's play it in church. So can we just thank Cass and whoever else was involved with that? I think there was someone else that I forgot. Yes, there's more than one. Zoe, just Zoe, just two. Um, but I, I just love that because it's like, there's not this like, oh, we need to do something, but there was this over, like, this overflow of creativity that happened. There was this inspiration that happened and it was like, Just people sharing their gifts with one another. And so I was really encouraged by that and I hope you were too. Um, But yeah, if we haven't met, like I said, my name is Aaron and I just love coming to this community because uh, I often refer to when I talk about New Life as I'm gonna see my friends or like on the weekend I hung out with this group of people that I love. And I think I say that one because it's a filler word that I use instead of um, uh, but second of all because I just genuinely really love gathering with you. And so if this is your first time here today, I just want to say a really big welcome, like you're amongst friends, like this is family here, and so if we don't know you, we would love to get to know you a little bit further as well, and we truly mean that, it's not just like the cheesy thing that I had to fill at the top of my sermon, like I really mean that. But to start off this afternoon, uh, there's a lot of faces that I don't know yet, and so I thought we could start by just giving you three fun facts about me. Don't be so excited. I heard Dylan in the front row be like, we don't care. Um, but no, like, I-, I want to tell you three fun facts about me, because I think it's going to be helpful today. Is that okay? Yes. Sir. Yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. One, my uh, dream dog, <laughs> <laughs> clearly this has leaked out a little bit already. Uh, my dream dog is a Dalmatian. Who's with me? Hands up if you love Dalmatians. Wow, not many people, which makes me want it even more. Uh, I love Dalmatians. If you want to talk about that more, come talk to me after this. Uh, Number two, surprise, surprise. This might actually be a surprise. I'm actually an introvert. So I I come, like, I have this switch that I can flick on and off in social settings. And so I'm, like, happy chappy here. And then I go home and I'm, like, don't even talk to my other housemate who's also an introvert. Because I'm, like, I just need to not talk to anyone. Uh, And the third one, which is kind of adds to this surprising fact about the second one, is that I am one of a family of six. Uh, And the rumors are true, I have three brothers, uh, four boys in the house, if you want to add dad into that mix, and so if you want to pray for my mother, she's done a fantastic job so far, Uh, but she puts up with all of us guys all the time. But the reason why I tell you that is because, as you can imagine, our household that is overrun by testosterone, if I could say that, Uh, we didn't actually get along all of the time. Shock horror. Like, we weren't always friends. We weren't always best mates. Uh, and so, like, our fights would arise from absolutely everything. You were talking about how much leftovers you ate after dinner. Did you get more than the other brother? Fight. You know, did you win a game and did you lose the game? Fight. Uh, did someone just breathe too loudly? Uh, And you might be thinking, Aaron, that's a little bit hectic, and well, yes, it was. Uh, But as you can imagine, these arguments didn't always stay verbal. And what I mean by that is not maybe what you saw at the State of Origin on Wednesday night, not that hectic, Uh, but it would probably result in either mum or dad having to intervene or they would probably meet this, like, sobbing child at their door, which was probably usually me. Um, It was a bit of a tactic I would play. Uh, (laughs) But if you're a parent or if you have siblings or if you have brothers or sisters or if you've just been in a public sphere, usually what would come out of these moments is a a firm talking to uh, and then after that firm talking to would be like this directive and this directive would often be uh, an apology. Go say sorry. Go say, why, like, why did you do this now? Go say sorry to your brother. Um, mine would be murmured. Uh, my brother probably didn't even hear it. I may not have even said it out loud, but I did think it inside my head. Uh, but I wouldn't just go back to being his best friend. I'd probably hold a grudge. I-, I would probably continue playing by myself instead of playing with him for the next little bit. I may not have continued playing the game or eating the leftovers with him like I was before. And you're probably thinking, Aaron, why are you taking this time to air your family laundry at church? good question. Uh, Well, I I actually genuinely believe it's because it's a similar relationship to what we have with forgiveness. And so if you've been here with us for the last few weeks, you would have known that uh, we've been working our way through the Lord's Prayer, and and this week we're up to forgiveness. And for me, I actually think this is potentially one of the hardest parts of the Lord's Prayer. Thank you, Alex, for putting me on today. Um, But what do I mean? We can actually sing All the songs in the first bracket, or after uh, I finish talking, we can sing all of those songs with our hands raised and and really leaning into that moment. We can come to as many early morning prayer meetings as we want to. Uh, We we can read the the scriptures daily. We can go to small group all the time. We can do all the Christian boxes. Uh, But when we come across that friend in public, or maybe we scroll on Instagram and we see their post, and that instinct reaction that we have is like, "Oh, do you know that feeling?" Cool, that's not just me. That's awesome. But, but, but maybe for you, it's actually less, uh, less than one person. Maybe it's an organization. Maybe it's actually the thing that we call church. Every time the, the giving moment comes up before, or there's this moment of volunteering, you go, oh, here we go again. Last time I did that, blank. Yeah, oh, the last time I trusted the church with my money, blank we project our past experiences for better or for worse onto people who are in those similar roles that hurt us in the, the time previous. We, we hold grudges. We hold grudges. But maybe for you, it's broader. And, and, and life has actually dealt you some really unfair cards. Like like way more than the next person. And just to bring yourself to make an effort with those relationships is harder. To go to work is harder. And, and there's this thing where you're kind of just carrying around this grudge almost because of what the world has given you. It's like, I don't even know who to blame for this, but this just sucks. We have grudges against the world as well. But maybe this is actually your relationship with God as well. I know I've been there. We love and we trust him like with all of this except for this one part of our life where we did trust him and then we feel like he let us down or he didn't fulfill the promise that we thought he should. We hold grudges. We don't fully trust. And what this does to our hearts is unlike that of the kingdom of God. We merit our forgiveness. And so we, we say things like, when they prove themselves to me, maybe then I'll forgive them. Maybe when they actually ask for forgiveness, then, then I will forgive them. I've already forgiven them once, maybe I won't need to do it again. What they did was wrong, I still am hurt, I don't want to move on, I'm not actually fixed from this problem, I won't forgive them yet. Have you been there at all? I know I have. And so friends, this is why I think it's potentially one of the hardest bits of the Lord's prayer. Why? Because how easy is it to say the words, I'm sorry or I forgive you, but how much harder is it to live out? How critical must be if, last week we talked about daily bread, and I just had this thought, I was like, wow, how how critical must it be if bread is important to our daily needs, forgiveness must be to our souls? I'm just going to read that again, because it really struck me earlier this week. How critical must it be if bread is important to our daily needs, forgiveness must be daily to our souls? It's said that forgiveness is the oxygen of the kingdom, and forgiveness presents us an obstacle to that much-needed breath. Luke 7 reminds us that those who are unable to love much have been forgiven much. And so as we continue to ask ourselves this question, how do we become more like Jesus? Uh, I'm struck by this thing that Jesus so well embodied, this thing he so well lived out in his life and in his interactions, this thing of forgiveness. Forgiveness. And so in our time today together, I hope to answer the what of forgiveness, hopefully redefine maybe some of our understandings of this word that we so often use, and then maybe speak into the why, like why forgive, what's the point of it? And so before we do that, would you join me as we pray? Come Holy Spirit. Father, I've got words on a page, and I think I have an idea of what I want to say this afternoon, but God, I don't want to say it if it's not of you. If you're not in it, if you're not working through it, Father, would you withhold it? By here this afternoon, we want to hear your voice. Holy Spirit, we want to know that you are here with us. And I just acknowledge that your presence is dwelling among us. And so would you increase as we decrease? Would you speak louder as maybe we listen more attentively to your voice? Would you speak to us, God? Your children are listening. We pray this all in your holy name. Amen. So what is forgiveness? If you were to turn to the person next to you, how would you describe it? Would you use words like forgive and forget? or Would you use words like maybe reconciliation or other uh, I can't even think of what's the word, adjectives, someone who knows English would know the right word there, Uh, but different ways to explain what this term forgiveness actually means. Synonyms. Synonyms, wow, James, your wife is an English teacher. Yeah, it shows, it shows. Uh, but I think forgiveness is one of those things. It's actually hard for us to talk about in the abstract. It's hard for us to talk about when it's like this big idea, but it actually gets really tangible when we break it down and look, uh, look at it, what it really is. And so number one of what forgiveness is not. If you're taking notes, these might be helpful to write down. If you're not, no worries. Uh, number one, uh, forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not forgetting. You've heard it said. Just forgive, forget, move on, get over it. Uh, But as you might know from your experience of life, that's just actually not a reality. Uh, We're we're beings that are created to remember, and all throughout scriptures, we actually see passages and passages that go, remember, 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 remember. There's this beautiful phrasing that actually happens all throughout the Old and all throughout the New Testaments. We're not just computers that can switch off and reboot the next day, like my assignments so happen to do too often. Uh, And so we say to forgive is to forget is actually this impossible thing that suffocates us and makes us feel incapable of doing something that we are very capable to do very capable to do. But this idea of forgiving and forgetting, it makes us feel like it's impossible. And so I wonder if there have been moments in your life where uh, you've, you've tried to forget what's happened. There's been these big moments or these big memories or these big pains or grief in your life that you've tried to move on. I think of times in my life where I've tried to do that and slowly and surely it catches up to me. Slowly and surely it eats away at me. And it it makes me uneasy, it makes me restless, it makes me tired, because I just actually can't forget it. It hurt me so much that I can't forget it, or it left such a scar on me that I can't forget it, and so to just move on is actually not fair. So I think what we actually need to do is come to this understanding that remembering will be part of the path to forgiveness. But contrary to how that may feel, it does not take us hostage or captive. I think it's important Number two, uh, forgiveness is not a feeling. There will be times in life where we have to forgive when we don't actually feel like it, which sucks, (laughs) because I'm a big feeler, and so if I don't feel like it, it's going to take a lot of effort to actually do it. Uh, And I know for me, like I said, my feelings and my emotions are big drivers in what I do. Uh, I think of when I used to play soccer, clearly not anymore, my figure has changed. Um, But I used to be a defender, and I used to mark um, strikers, obviously, because that's what you do. And if there was a striker that was starting to get on my nerves, uh, or I thought he thought that he was too good, made a big assumption, uh, I would start like pulling on their, their jersey as they were like trying to run past me. Or you might have heard of the saying, if you can't get the ball, get the player. Uh, so I was that guy. That's awesome, right? There was actually a point in, in uh, my season, I wasn't going to say this, but I got like why am I boasting? This is horrible. I got three yellow cards like in the first three games, and if you know anything about soccer, you, if you get one more, it's a red card, and you're out for the season, and my mom sat me down. She's like, Aaron, if you keep doing that, I'm not going to come to your games anymore, um, which was a, a turning point in my life. Uh, but my feelings actually overcome, and they take control of my decisions and my actions. And so forgiveness to not be a feeling is actually really challenging. It's really hard. And as we just spoke about before, forgiving doesn't command us to forget. We don't have to pretend like nothing happened. It doesn't give permission or condone behaviors, but it's not a space where we can let our emotions run wild or dictate the outcome of our actions. If you're a Christian here today, we have access to a kingdom that has much more that we can actually respond with. We have access to wisdom. We have access to knowledge of the creator God who can actually help us walk through those situations more than our feelings can. I believe that forgiveness is coming in line and in step with the Spirit of God. It is coming into alignment with what He is asking you to do. Number three, forgiveness is not excusing. This is a tricky one, right? Like forgiveness is not actually excusing behaviors or actions. It's not okaying actions in any way. In the Bible, there are actually many things that we read that make sins quite definitive, quite black and quite white. A sin is a sin. There can be things that are done in our relationships and in our life that cause pain, they cause grief, and, they, and some of these things are just sin, and forgiveness doesn't negate that fact. That's actually okay to name. But for some reason in church, and maybe in other spheres as well, we have this thing where if we are going to forgive someone, we feel like we're saying what they did was okay. We have this feeling like what they did actually doesn't matter at all, and everything can just go back to normal. But I was struck that that's actually simply not true. So you are actually able to call a sin that, but we still have this invitation to respond in forgiveness. Bethany Allen, a preacher from America, she she puts it like this, where she says, Forgiveness is not the measuring stick of justice. It's the place where we invite Jesus to come in and reframe and heal and from there help us to move forward. There may be people in your life, and I say this sensitively and respectfully, that forgiveness doesn't mean they actually need to re-enter your life. This is where things can get blurry and a little bit grey as well, but I think it's helpful to name that forgiveness and reconciliation are actually two separate things. Yes, they work together in healthy and in good environments, but they're actually two separate definitions. And in times and in situations, sometimes forgiveness is what's needed and reconciliation may not be. Forgiveness isn't okaying or excusing sin, but an invitation to respond with. Number four, forgiveness is not a one-off event. It's super annoying, again. <laughs> there's, many, there's been many times in my life where I've forgiven someone, I thought I've moved on, and again, this thing keeps building up and eating away at me. Like, it takes most of my willpower, most of my emotional energy to forgive someone once, and then to do, do more than that is actually exhausting and overwhelming for me as well. Like I mentioned earlier, it's not always what I feel like doing, uh, but it's actually an intentional choice that I have to make. Some days you might want to forgive, but other days you might be like, no, no way, not today. Forgiveness is not just a moment thing. But what I see in this passage, Jesus isn't giving us a framework forgiveness, but a rhythm to inhabit. A daily decision that we get to make in the kingdom of God. This is not an exhaustive list of all the things that it isn't. uh, But I know that when I was putting this together, I was actually like quite shaken and quite challenged by a lot of these ideas because I realized that they had actually creeped into my understanding of what I, for- what I thought forgiveness was. It was almost like I was watching this episode of Mythbusters and all these things that I thought was possible wasn't. No one else watches Mythbusters here? Just me. Thank you. I heard one that's good. Adrian, I think it was you. Um, but all of these points, like I said, that actually had creeped into what I thought forgiveness was. And so if it's not that, There's this this wide open plane into what forgiveness could actually mean for me. What does God mean? What does Jesus mean where in this prayer he invites us to forgive daily? What is forgiveness actually? So let's have a quick look at that as well. Forgiveness is returning justice to God. This was a really big one for me when I was preparing this week. Um, And I should have started maybe with an easier one, but I think this is really central to that whole concept of what forgiveness actually is. Forgiveness is returning justice to God. Think about that for a moment. I'm horrible at that. I'm really bad at that, if I can be so blatant and honest this afternoon. For those of you who know me, there are areas of my life where I'm actually pretty black and white. Uh, I think things are right or I think they're wrong. And sometimes I show those colors a little bit too much, perhaps. Uh, and, and there's times where I think, like, maybe I actually know justice better than God does. Because I feel like he's acting too slowly. Or the way that he's coming to bring this to fruition is actually not the way that I thought would be best. And so maybe if I helped by doing this, I could help God do this whole justice thing. Uh, but that's actually not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is returning justice to God. We have to, to, we have to surrender to the idea that he knows better. That he knows best, and this takes faith. Faith that he will do what's best. Faith that he sees you. Faith that he knows you. Faith that he knows how that actually made you feel. Faith that he knows the pain that you felt when that person hurt you or said the wrong thing to you. When you release justice back to God, we release the desire to seek revenge or punishment on that person. But we actually make a space where we believe and declare that he knows better, not just for our lives, but for theirs too. There's a big difference there, not just for our lives, but for his too. If we give God the reins to have total control over justice in a way that we never could, we we, we will experience freedom in a way that we never could as well. But like I said before, not just us, our offenders and the people that hurt us as well. So here we have this invitation and a question that I had to ask myself, and I still ask myself, and I would encourage you to ask yourself as well: Is do you trust God? Do you trust God with justice? Do you trust that He knows what is best? Do you trust that He wants what is good for you? Number two is forgiveness frees us to do. Uh, sorry, forgiveness frees us to want what's good, not evil, to those who hurt us. Kind of touched on this just before. This, again, is counterintuitive to the culture and the world that we live in, because uh, we all have a a right and access to justice. We have this idea that we should be able to achieve what's right for us, because otherwise it's wrong. You know, there's this real black and white injustice when we get out into the world. But here, we actually know the common denominator to your pain, the common denominator, denominator to how you feel, and the person who hurt you is sin. We both experience that. That's actually why we both feel the way that we do. And what we see modelled by Jesus and what I think we are called to do as disciples of Jesus is to hate evil, to hate sin, but to move towards them in love. Again, there's a difference there. If I put on a lens of the kingdom, I start to see that they are also victims to the brokenness in this world, just like I. And I start to see them in their humanity And I think this can only actually happen when we allow God into the picture, when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through us that we see them this way because then we actually could start asking the question, what if he wanted to do something good in their life as well? What if he actually had dreams and purposes for their life as well? What if I actually believed that God could bring beauty from ashes? And I'm not saying this is easy. And I've been challenged by this question. But what if God was truly who he said he was? What if he could make ways? What if he could heal? What if he could rewrite their story, maybe like he's rewritten yours? This is what happens when we return justice back to God. Number three, it's an an unmerited gift. It's given, it's not earned. If you're a sibling of any kind, uh, I, I'm a middle child, and so I'm very good at this thing that I'd call measuring. Does anyone know what I mean by that? A few you know, oh, It's mainly by the youngest or the middle child. Uh, measuring is this thing where you take note of everything that happens in your family, usually between your brothers or uh, those around you, of things that they do wrong, or things that maybe you're not allowed to do, but they do, and especially if your parents don't see it. I would describe myself as a measurer, uh, and so then that way, when they do anything wrong or you get in trouble, you have ammunition. You have the scene to go. But this happened, and this day at this time, I saw Josh take this from the fridge, and he wasn't allowed to because I wasn't allowed to. And we measure. We measure things that happen. <laughs> and maybe it's not just uh, me who thinks this, but I-, I actually treat forgiveness like this sometimes too. Oh, but they hurt me, so I'm probably not going to forgive them yet. Or they did this, 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 and this. And so maybe, you know, when we figure some stuff out, then we can sort out this forgiveness. Man, I'm thankful that God doesn't do that with me. (laughs) Aren't you? I'm thankful that he doesn't keep a record of my wrongs. I'm thankful that he isn't meriting each and everything that I do, but actually there's this free gift that's freely given to me. I wonder how are we at giving unmerited forgiveness? Actually, won't go into too much details here because I probably won't be able to make it through speaking, but uh, early on in Kenneth and I's journey, we went through this experience. That was really hard. (laughs) It's happening already. So good. And, um, yeah, it really rocked us. It was really hard. It was really challenging. And um, this was about three years ago. And every day I had to ask myself, do I want to forgive these people for what they did? <laughs> and my answer was no. I didn't. What they did was wrong. What they did I think, didn't think was fair. What they did, I wanted them to get revenge. I wanted them to see what they did, to see the pain that they caused us. And then one day, um, I was just worshipping, and I was praying, and um, God brought this up. <laughs> and I felt really challenged to forgive them. And the crazy thing about this is they probably don't even know how I feel. They probably have no idea. They probably don't even think that there's an area of their life where they need forgiveness. But here I was in in my room thinking about this moment. I'm like, oh, I'm really withholding forgiveness to this person. I actually really need to forgive them out of my own heart. And, And I did that, and I wish I could say from that moment on, it was easy and it was rosy, but it's actually something that I have to decide to do quite regularly because I see them or I see things on Instagram or these experiences pop up and I'm like, oh, but that happens still. That's still there. I haven't forgotten that. And it's this intentional decision that I have to decide to forgive them. I have to give it back to the Lord. Louis B. Smeds, I don't know how to say his last name. If you know, let me know later. He says this. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and you discover that the prisoner was you. Pretty fitting to how I felt. So man, if they need to be freed from this, man, they need my forgiveness. When I happened, the prisoner was me. (laughs) So I wonder how that makes you feel. I wonder if there's experiences in your life where you've needed to offer forgiveness, and when you've done it, you've realized that maybe you were the prisoner held captive as well. I'll be honest, I feel like I've spent uh, the majority of this so far just kind of setting up what forgiveness actually is, kind of hopefully redefining some understandings and to give you a better understanding of what I think Jesus is referring to here in this prayer. And if you've been uh, in church at any point in your life, you'd know that to cover the entirety of the ins and outs of this idea of forgiveness is more than uh, a 30-minute talk. So please forgive me. Uh, We could go into so many things. Like, when I was thinking about this, like, oh, the the understanding of what the word debtors mean. Like, what did that mean? Why did they use that? Uh, There's a lot there. Or thinking about the parable of the unmerciful servant. There's a lot there. It paints this beautiful picture how I think that we actually interact with unforgiveness as well. Maybe you could read that later. But when I was just thinking and preparing, I was like, God, what do you actually want to say this afternoon? There's actually so much to forgiveness. Like I said, there's all these things that it isn't, that sometimes we think it is. There's all these hosts of things that it actually is, but what does that look like in my life? Um, Toby, maybe, actually, if you want to jump up as well. But yeah, I found myself asking this question, God, what do you actually want to say about forgiveness this afternoon? What do you actually want to say? Holy Spirit, how do you want to move in power this afternoon? Why forgiveness? Why today? And I was reminded of this passage that we find in the Gospel of Luke, and it's titled Jesus Anointed by a Sinful Woman. I don't know if you've heard of it. And I actually just want to read a little bit as we kind of pull all of these bits and pieces together as we close this afternoon. And I just want to paint a bit of a picture. So maybe you can close your eyes as I read this if you want to. Um, you don't have to, nothing will jump out, I promise. Uh, but it's from Luke 7, and it starts from verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him, what kind of woman that she is that she is a sinner. A few verses down in in verse 44, it says that then he turned toward the woman and he said, Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time that I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has put perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests, they they began to start talking amongst themselves and they said, who is this? Who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you, now go in peace. Your faith has saved you, now go in peace. You can open your eyes if you would like. This is one of my favourite passages of Scripture. And then as I was reading it this week, something new stood out to me, and I love how Scripture does that. But Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven, your faith has saved you, now go in peace. There's this phrase that I've kept coming back to and as I was talking to Alex about what I was feeling God stir in my heart earlier this week that I couldn't, I couldn't shake. But I felt like the th- things at the start was helpful for us to get to where we are now. And it's this idea that forgiveness begets peace. Forgiveness begets peace. What do I mean? How on earth... Was it possible for this woman to not come so boldly to Jesus, to not only come to the house of the Pharisees, those who were strict about the law and the people's sin and the things that they have done, but how could someone so broken do something so outlandish and leave with unexplainable, incomprehensible peace? And what I felt pressed to say tonight, and hopefully that is an encouragement to some of us, is that forgiveness begets peace you can't have forgiveness without peace it's a fruit of this action it's a fruit of this exchange because unforgiveness is exhausting right holding grudges avoiding situations people or places it's tiring and I don't know all of your stories and I don't know all of your situations but I wonder too if you feel this restlessness it only takes one second to look around the world to see the damage of revenge and, and grudges that have held against over countries or other people. The wars, the deaths, the broken down families or organizations of our own relationships in our lives, unforgiveness creates a divide between us and Christ, making us strive and work harder in and through our own efforts. And man, it's tiring, it's so exhausting. But like I said earlier, just like bread is important to our daily needs, forgiveness must be daily to our souls. Because friend, did you know that in your time of trouble, you can have peace? Friend, did you know that in the extremes of this world, you too could find freedom? Brother, did you know that in your injustice or in your frustration or in your anger that you have access to forgiveness like you do breath, that every time you breathe in, you know that when you breathe out that you can find peace? Why forgiveness? Why does Jesus encourage us daily to come to Him? What's the point of forgiving others? Why do we need daily forgiveness from God if we've already been forgiven? There are many answers for us there, but I think today God simply just wants to remind you that forgiveness, daily forgiveness comes with daily peace. No longer do you have to keep a record of wrong of others. Christ hasn't held on to yours. Now go in peace. No longer do others have the have to earn the right to be forgiven, nor do you have to earn theirs. Christ has freely given you forgiveness. May you go in peace. No longer do you have to take control of justice, ensuring people receive what they deserve. Christ, He knows what is best. We can trust that He wants good, not just for us, but for them also. May you now go in peace. So how does this change us? How could this actually change our Mondays? What would this actually look like? Well, as Jesus encouraged us to practice daily forgiveness, we have access to this daily peace. And so I end with this question, that where is forgiveness breeding in your life that is robbing you from your peace? It's that in your heart, do you need to forgive yourself? Is it that the grudges or the pain that you've been holding over your relationship with others? Do you need to forgive your neighbor? Is it the world, like we talked about earlier? Do you feel like you've been dealt unfairly, that your cards haven't been fair? Do you need to forgive those who are around you? Is it God? Do you feel like he's let you down, like he hasn't come through? And even though we believe that this is an impossible reality to happen, is there something within your heart that you need to be honest and give to him? Where is unforgiveness breeding in your life that's robbing your peace? Why don't we stand and maybe just even close our eyes across this place? There's so many things that um, we could respond to here, but I just truly believe that God uh, wants to free some of us here this afternoon. I really believe that there are some grudges or um, some cards that we've been dealt or maybe some unforgiveness that's breeding away in our lives. Some of it's more obvious than others. But I I know in my experience with God that um, these things have a a pretty good idea or pretty good shape of identifying themselves in my heart because they keep coming up. They're reoccurring. I keep thinking about them. They change the way that I act or that I behave. And so as we close our eyes, I just wonder. Holy Spirit, is there anything that is in our hearts that is not of you? God, if there is any unforgiveness in our hearts that is robbing us of the peace that you so freely give, would you highlight it to us? This could be little, this could be big, this could be, it feel like it's insignificant, maybe it would feel like it's more. But I do believe that across this room this afternoon that you're thinking of things. There's things coming to mind where you're like, oh, yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe that's what God's talking about. And so my encouragement to you we're going to sing a few more songs now we're going to spend some time in worship but why don't we just use this time not to sing words that are on a screen but to invite God back into our hearts back into our lives maybe into the places that we haven't yet and so God, God would you forgive me once again that as you forgive me may you help me to forgive others the God, just is the forgiveness that you've so freely given me, unmerited, unearthed, undeserving, God, would you help me give that to other people? And you can do that in um, just the comfort of your own little spot where you're standing, but there's gonna be a few of us actually that'll be scattered up the front as well, maybe Brent and Dylan and Jensen and Sinead as well if you just wanna spread around. Um, if you wanna get prayer, come and pray with us. I would hate for some of us to leave this afternoon without um, actually thinking through how that's affecting our lives. It's like I shared, man, it it can really bring you down. But it doesn't have to be like that. (laughs) God longs to give you forgiveness. He longs to give you peace. And so why don't you invite him into that space as we sing?